Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Breslin Breakdown podcast, your only source for all things Michigan State and Big Ten women's basketball from your friends here at Impact 89 FM. I'm Zach Sardenic, your host with my co-host Bobby Zephyro and Aiden Champion back in studio for the first time this season. How are you guys feeling, boys? Good. I'm excited to get going, traveling. Road trip. (laughs) Let's go. You guys mentioned it. We're heading down tomorrow, probably today by the time you guys hear this podcast. We will be down in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Tournament. The three of us are going to be joined by Owen Ozust. Down there, we'll have broadcasts for every Michigan State game on Impact 89FM, as well as some writing coverage that you can find on impact89fm.org. We're also going to have post-game podcasts, I'm hearing, 15 to 20 minute, little just kind of quick post-game things that we're going to try and do here for you guys at the Breslin Breakdown and get out. But should be fun. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, with all the cancellations last year, too, I mean, it's it's really nice to see all these tournaments up and running again, and soon we'll be hearing that CBS March Madness theme, and I might mm. cry. <laughs> I might cry tears of joy. I'm not going to lie. It's like Christmas morning. Imagine having Christmas taken away from you. One year. It was it was hard, but we, we made it through. We're here. All right. Yeah. I'm I'm just super excited. I'm happy everything's we're starting to see some things go back to normal and we've got we've got NCAA basketball right now, so it's just it's great. Well, boys, let's get into this. The last time that we talked, Michigan State was heading into a crucial four game stretch for their NCAA tournament hopes. And we thought maybe they'd add a fifth game. Well, none of us guessed that they'd only play three of those games. Uh, the Spartans picked up a win over Purdue, a loss to Rutgers. The game against Nebraska was canceled due to COVID issues within the Nebraska program. Actually, I believe it just turned out to kind of be a precaution thing as Nebraska played their next couple games. And then closed with a senior day win over Wisconsin on Saturday. Boys, what were your thoughts from that game? Or from that stretch of games? And how it impacted this team. Well, I thought I was going to jinx them by saying they'd go 3-1 and one in that stretch. But we love 2-1. and one. I mean, this stretch, like we, like we said last week, I mean, the fact that they're not playing like, you know, the, I guess we'll talk about it later too in the Big Ten tournament breakdown. But like the way that they ended their season was, could be, you know, could be key for how they end the postseason as well. I mean, seeding means a lot in these kinds of tournaments and all, you know, in the NCAA tournament, it means a lot. So Zach, what's up over there? Big eyes. Just looked at the uh, scores for the game going on right now. As we're recording this in the big 10 tournament, Illinois is up 17 to two on Wisconsin towards the end of the first quarter of that game. I was just pulling up the bracket to get ready for our next segment and I looked up Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament and it said 17-2 to two Illinois. Okay. But yeah, I mean, good stretch. Aiden, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for uh, that comeback that Rutgers had, or I'm sorry, wait, was it? Yes, it was Rutgers. Um, they would have been 3-0 and to finish out the season. I mean... They're finding their groove right now. They're finding their stride. And uh, players who kind of start out the season well, like uh, Moira and Eliza, for example, um, they're, they, you know, they kind of dip down uh, in terms of scoring in the middle of the season. But now they're coming back. 
You got Tori Osmond who just had 10 points against Wisconsin. And the right players are finding their groove at the right time. So um, I think they're sitting pretty comfortably heading into this Big Ten tournament. I think the big thing that I noticed was they were able to get these wins and get these games with Nia Cloudon playing her worst three games of the season. Nia mm-hmm. Cloudon, for sure. one of 14 from the floor against Rutgers in their loss. And she and Eliza Winston combined to shoot one of 22 from the floor in that game. And they dominated that game for three quarters. They couldn't finish it in the end, getting outscored 24 to seven in the fourth. But they came back and beat Purdue, which was a huge game because they would have lost, if they lost that game to Purdue, who had lost, I believe nine straight in the Big Ten coming into that was not a strong team. If they would have lost that game to Purdue, that would have probably killed their NCAA tournament hopes. But the comeback late, they got a couple of big steals, and then Tori Osmond with the clutch jumper to win it from deep, which was one of the coolest moments I've been at this year at the Breslin. You could sell right off the hand that it was pure, and she knocked that one in. But they did what they've done all year over this stretch. Michigan State... 13-1 13-1 and one against unranked teams, 0-6 against ranked teams. They played two unranked teams and one ranked team. They went 2-1. and one. And so that's where we're going to get into it in just a minute, but that's the biggest thing that I noticed that they've continued to do all year long is they've played really well against unranked teams and beaten those teams. They've also played pretty well against some ranked teams. They just haven't been able to finish games. I mean, blown leads against Rutgers, blown lead against Indiana, who... Both of those teams could be potential quarter and semifinal opponents for the Spartans as we get into the bracket in just a minute. But that first Maryland game as well, they had that one in hand, and that was one where they go. were down well, big. That was the other trend. They were down big at half, and then they came all the way back and then couldn't finish it. They did that with Northwestern too. They were down twenty-one at half and took the lead and just couldn't finish. Lindsey Pulliam on one ankle buried the Spartans with a jump shot late, but just. They've got to find a way to finish games down the stretch. Um, And yeah, we'll kind of get into more of that stuff. But one other thing to note, Nia Cloudon, first team all Big Ten today. That's huge for Nia. Um, Surprisingly, though, as you touched on, Zach, I mean, Nia has kind of underperformed her last few games. Um, But there's no doubt she deserved this. I mean, she's had a heck of a season. She's no doubt been the leader of this team and she's certainly stepped into this role as you know the main leader the general floor general and you know i i don't have any doubt that she's gonna get back to her scoring ways and she needs so if they're going to be successful in this coming tournament but yeah huge shout out to nia for that um so congratulations to nia cloud for that achievement yeah, and just, you know, what she means to this team really, I mean, can't be understated. Playing about 32 minutes a game, you know, shooting about 32% from three, 18 points per game. She's also leading the team in assists by the the person with the second most assists on the team, Tori Osmond, is still 22 assists behind Nia Clouton, who is also Jeez. their leading scorer. I mean, she does so much for this team. And also averaging over a little over a steal a game, too. So, I mean, the amount of stuff that she does for this team, I mean, especially come tournament time, which we're about to talk about, I think it'll be ride or die with Nia Cloud in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. But congratulations. I mean, a huge honor 
her hard work has been recognized, and that's always an awesome feeling. Yeah, one other thing I'll add about Nia, you, uh, you to the to your point, Bobby. Nia just does so many things that helps you win, and we've seen that in these last stretch of games where um, she hasn't been scoring as much um, under double digits. And that's what great players do. I mean, even if you know they're not as successful in one area, they come out and they just help their team win in other areas defensively. Um, you know, running the floor, uh, making plays. So that's that's been huge for the Spartan team. Now we can kind of get into the Big Ten tournament breakdown. I'll just kind of run through the schedule of at least the first games right now, kind of with the bracket to set the scene. And then we can talk about what stands out overall and then for Michigan State. So playing right now, as I mentioned a minute ago, North or Wisconsin and Illinois, excuse me, they're playing in the first round game. The only first round game this year because Ohio State is out with a self-imposed postseason ban. So only 13 teams in this tournament. And at the end of the first quarter, Illinois is leading Wisconsin 24 to 2. Wow. I thought seven two. points in a quarter was bad. Two? 24 Jeez. to 2. Illinois over Wisconsin one, right now. One point every five minutes. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin has two points for Imani Lewis who lit up Michigan State on uh, Saturday on senior night. And, wow, I don't even really have a response to 24-2. to two. That's, uh, yeah, that's kind of... Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you what, Wisconsin needs a 22-point response at least. <laughs> I can tell you cow. that. Yeah, um, I'm kind of trying to look up the play-by-play <laughs> here to see when Wisconsin... It started out... A 17-0 run. Wisconsin scored their... They have not hit a field goal. Wisconsin wow. hit two free throws with 2.53 left in the first quarter to make it 17-2. And Illinois has not allowed... Wisconsin is 0 for 18 from the field in the first quarter. Illinois is 9 of 15. 0 for 18 from the field and 0 of 6 from 3. Wow. And 2 of 4 from the free throw line. That's crazy. But anyways, back to the bracket. Um, and then starting on Wednesday's games, the first game at 11 a.m. is Minnesota and Nebraska in the 8-9 game. Right after that is Northwestern playing, I'll call it at this point, Illinois in that game. Uh, old take, Uh-oh. freezing cold takes. You can uh, <laughs> come at this podcast if somehow. Say that again, Zach. I said Illinois is playing Northwestern tomorrow. I don't think Wisconsin is going to come back. I'm calling the dub. (laughs) But if Freezing Cold Takes wants to get on all all on me after this podcast, go ahead. Shoot, if they end up winning, I'm going to get all of them. Tag it like crazy. It's okay. Illinois is going to win that game. And they'll play Northwestern. Then Michigan State and Penn State at 630. You can hear that one on Impact 89 FM. Bobby and I will be on the call for that game. And then Purdue and Iowa is the late game. Maryland playing is the one seed. They play the winner of Nebraska-Minnesota. Michigan awaits the winner of Northwestern and Illinois. Michigan State and Penn State, the winner of that game, takes on the two-seed Indiana. And Purdue and Iowa, the winner of that game, takes on the three-seed Rutgers. So what kind of stands out to you guys overall? And then like some good potential matchups. And then what do you guys think for Michigan State? 
Well, I think for Michigan State, um, as surprising as it might be to say, this almost is as perfect of um, a pathway as they can get if they want to get into the tournament. Because, I mean, Penn State, we don't know with the Spartan team. I mean, they've lost to um, underperforming teams. But say they win this game against Penn State and they play Indiana, I have, um, I'm faithful that they can knock off Indiana, get the upset. And I think just at that point, I know we're going to talk about predictions later, whether they'll make the tournament or not, but I, I think a win over Indiana uh, in that next round would pretty much solidify them. So, I mean, the pathway is set for them. It's, you know, their destiny's in their hands. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Tournament time, anything can really happen. Um, For the Spartans, I would be... Like you alluded to, Zach, 13-1 and one versus unranked opponents. The Nittany Lions are not quite that, to be polite. But um, I would be so surprised if they drop that first game. And I, I definitely agree with Aiden. If they can come back and beat an Indiana team who they lost to earlier in the year, Mackenzie Holmes in that game had 17, Allie Patberg had 15, Aleska Gulby, is that how you pronounce it? Goal, it's like G-U-L-B-E, but anyways, they had four players go for double digits against the Spartans. The defense has to kind of tighten up a little bit for that game, but I definitely agree with Aiden. If they can get a win over Indiana in the second round, that would probably all but punch their ticket. I think that I would agree in terms of that it can punch their ticket, but I think that... um don't sleep on Penn State. Penn State, the eighth youngest team in all of college basketball, the youngest team in the Big Ten. They have 12 players that had not played for Penn State before this year. Eight freshmen and four transfers. Penn State has the Big Ten sixth player of the year in Matty Burke off the bench, who's another freshman. When it's a team that young, they're going to do one of two things in a postseason setting. They're going to fall apart because of the pressure, or they're going to explode. And so I think you could see that. I also think a dangerous team to watch in this tournament is the sixth seed, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark is phenomenal. She can score the ball like nobody else. Iowa's in the top 10 in the country in scoring. I think they're going to get by Purdue, but I am fascinated for that second round matchup between Iowa and Rutgers. Iowa, one of the top scoring teams in the nation. Rutgers, the best defensive team in the Big Ten. Caitlin Clark against that Rutgers defense is just going to be really fun to watch. But Iowa is my sleeper team to go pretty deep in this tournament. I think that I think that there's a decent chance that you could see a six versus seven Michigan State Iowa semifinal. The Spartans dominated that game against Indiana and couldn't finish, similar to the Rutgers game. They couldn't finish down the stretch. Indiana went on a run. Spartans didn't really have a response. Nia Cloudon had 19 points in that game. Alicia Smith with 17. But one thing that people kind of forget about this team, Tori Osmond really didn't play too much in that game because she was still battling back from her bout with COVID. So she was limited in that game. Mardrika Cook was limited in that game inside. Tyre Parks was in foul trouble. They didn't, or excuse me, she wasn't in foul trouble, but she was limited in that game, only playing 14 minutes. That's a team that Michigan State matches up pretty well with. 
And so I think you could see something there. And I think Michigan State could potentially go pretty deep. I think you read, you were literally like inside my head on the Iowa pick because I was literally just like looking through the teams. I'm like, Caitlin Clark, the walking bucket. But I mean, yeah, I I really like Iowa in this tournament. I'm definitely going to be watching them. But one team, it's not really a hot take, but I mean, going into this tournament as a five seed, the Northwestern Wildcats, I mean, they lead the nation with a plus 9.5 Big Ten record over margin. Yep. That is a Big Ten, Big Ten record, record for um, turnover margin in a season. So, based on that, if you can turn the ball over and also at the same time not turn the ball over on offense and get yourself, if you get Lindsey Pulliam and Veronica Burton extra possessions, that's a problem for the other teams. I would agree, but I think Northwestern's going to run into the nightmare matchup in round two. Northwestern's biggest would be Michigan. Northwestern's biggest problem, what Michigan State was able to exploit against them, they run a blizzard defense. And so I went into it on their broadcast because I was on the call for that game, but it's kind of a weird like 1-3-1 type or 1-1-3 type action. And so they have one guard high, one guard at the free throw line. They mirror each other. The first guard's only job is to get the ball out of the middle of the zone or of the middle of the floor. And so when they move it over, then they can bring up a trap. But what Michigan State was able to do against it was they went with their two big lineup. They didn't do this in the first half and dug a big hole because of foul trouble. But when they were able to have both Tyre Parks and Alicia Smith in the game at the same time, they were able to post them both up and it caused a ton of problems. For Michigan with Nas Hillman and all of the talent that they've got on that team, I think that's a nightmare matchup for Northwestern. I think um, my sleeper team would be Nebraska, actually. Mm. Um, Nebraska, late in the season, they were pretty hot at home. Um, and, I mean, obviously they got to go through Maryland. I, But you know what? That could... That could be a potential upset, um, and I don't know. We'll have to see, but um, yeah, there's definitely a, a few potential upsets we could see. I mean, I think this bracket is pretty open uh, for teams that are you know, wanting to make a statement going into uh, the NCAA tournament. I'll give a score update. Wisconsin has started the second quarter on a 7-0 run. They have now scored... More than three times the amount of points they scored in the first quarter in the beginning of this second quarter. Good for the Badgers. Good job, Bucky. But now we'll kind of go into some predictions. One, just a quick prediction. I know we talked about what Michigan State can do. What will they do in Indianapolis? And then what does Michigan State need to do to get into the NCAA tournament? We kind of already answered that question, but... Michigan State, according to ESPN bracketologist Charlie Cream, Michigan State, a 10 seed right now. But he says that he mentioned them as one of the teams to watch in women's basketball this week. Now, most women's basketball tournaments were last week, so there's only a few left. But the Spartans are not in his last four in, but he said are the team right above that. So the fifth to last team in, he said that a loss to Penn State could really hurt their chances and so what do they need to do to get in? Well, like we said, Penn State is an absolute must-have. If Michigan State loses that game, 
might as well just, you know, dig a hole for your tournament hopes because they're dead. And what I think will happen, I'm going to say that, you know, I think Michigan State will come out and beat Penn State knowing that, you know, they hear the news clippings too. They read all the same stuff we do. They know that they need this game. So I would hope, you know, if I'm a Michigan State fan, that they would come out with, you know, that fire acting like their season's on the line. And I'm going to say they actually lose the second game, but in a very respectable fashion. I'd say they lose to Indiana by double digits, and I think that will still be enough to get them... Or sorry, not double digits. I meant single digits. I was going to say that's not very respectable. I saw saw the looks from you guys. I'm like, wait, 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 what did I say? What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) No, single digits. Yeah, respectable double-digit loss. You know, like 2030? No. I think it'll be a single-digit loss. Um, But I do think that will be enough to get them into the tournament because, I mean, like, I'll keep going back to it, Zach. 13-1 versus unranked opponents. They beat who they're supposed to beat. Unfortunately, they just haven't gotten one against teams who come in with a number next to them. But, I mean, the key, I think, too, for them to advance will be the play of not only Nia Cloudin, but Eliza Winston. We've seen so many teams, you know, where their two guards, will the guard play in March will just, can completely elevate a team to a different level. So I think it'll be on them too. And I'm going to say for, I guess, NCAA tournament. Let me, I'll say, I'll say sweet 16. Wow. I'll say they lose in the sweet 16. Wow. That means they got to win. That means they got to win two games in the tournament. Yeah. And if they're going to be a 10 and eight or a nine, that means they got to beat a two or a one seed. (laughs) Any one seed against UConn, except UConn, we're going to the Sweet 16. Wow. Okay. Um, One thing, you mentioned those ranked teams. Indiana, the highest ranking in their program history right now, all the way up to number nine in the AP poll. They have been red hot. They also set their program record for conference wins at 16-2. and But I think Michigan State will beat Indiana. Michigan State matches up well with Indiana. They played well against them the first time. They couldn't finish down the stretch. But I think that Grace Berger and Mackenzie Holmes are going to have good games for Indiana. But I think that Michigan State's going to do a good enough job of taking away the rest. And I think that the X factor for Michigan State, my prediction hangs on one thing. Is Julia Ayralt playing? If Julia Mm -hmm. Ayralt doesn't play, she's been out the last two games with a concussion. If she doesn't play... They're not going to win that game. They might. They probably will lose to Penn State if Julia Ayrault doesn't play. In my opinion, they lost to Rutgers without Julia Ayrault. They lost to, um, or they barely beat Wisconsin down the stretch in that game. Julia Ayrault is the X factor on this team. When she is on, they've lost one game all season where she scored in double digits. Julia Ayrault is the X factor for them, along with Eliza Winston. I think if she's playing. Michigan State can get all the way to the semifinals and maybe even farther. I mean, they have the perfect draw for Michigan State this year. And so we'll see how it goes from there. Aiden, what are your thoughts? First, I mean, this, I will say, this team, I do believe, is capable of winning the Big Ten tournament. Not saying that they will, though, and I don't think they will. Um, I think in order for them to do that, I mean, they have to have 
a near perfect game every game and that we've seen this team is inconsistent you know now they're probably more consistent than they have been uh, as i touched on earlier to kind of find their groove player uh certain players who were kind of quiet uh, middle part of the season are coming back but i don't know um they also got to keep their shooting up they're inconsistent from three uh this last game though against wisconsin they made seven threes um and that could definitely help them going forward uh, Zach, you touched about um, you talked about um, their last matchup against Indiana, and um, you know I was kind of looking at the box score here. Um, oh, I got so many tabs. Um, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, Nia was Nia. She dropped nineteen. Alicia Smith had seventeen. One of her better games of the season. Um, that's another big thing. Alicia needs to be herself. She's got to be um, the scoring threat that she can be, and the defensive threat. She had two blocks in this game, in uh, in that game against Indiana. Um, but here's the, what I think was the difference: is this was during the stretch that Eliza and Moira, you know, were underachieving, and. And uh, Tori Osman as well. She only had one point in the, in that game against Indiana. And I think if those players um, play the way they are right now, and if Nia starts putting up, you know, 17, 18, 19 points, Alicia Smith back into double digits, I think, um, I think they stand a good chance against Indiana. So I have them beating Indiana. I think they will do that. Um, do I think they make it any further? Well, it really depends on. Rutgers and Iowa, um, I think they definitely could be either of those teams. Um, I think Indiana really is um, their biggest threat before the championship round. But we'll see. I I don't know. I think I think they beat Indiana, but. I know this kind of contradicts what I just said, but I don't I don't think they'll go further. I think they can, but I don't think they will. Um and then in terms of the NCAA tournament, if they do get in, I I just don't see them making it past the second round. Um but hopefully uh for their sake I'm proven wrong. So I mean to your point, Aiden too, I mean we've seen so like it's tough to tell with this team because we've seen so many different versions of this team. Like when when they're on when they're playing well, I mean, I would put I would put them against almost. I mean, for sure, any like if they are playing the way that they are capable of playing, like to the utmost capacity, they can beat anyone in the Big Ten. It just takes one game. You just got to win one game. But like, it's just also like, you know, the seven points in a quarter versus Rutgers. You come all the way back versus Maryland just to have it slip away. I mean, if that like if that team shows up to play, I mean. It's just you, you never know. That's that's the most difficult thing about this team is we've seen like the two extremes of them playing really well and them playing really bad. So it's hard to really predict like if they'll play on either end of the, of that spectrum or if they'll, you know, play an average game and if that'll be enough. Who knows? But we're here for it. Yes, we are. All right. I think 
that we are oh I got to give my NCAA tournament prediction. Yeah, I think they do make away. <laughs> I think they do make the tournament. I don't think they're getting past the second round. They'd have to get now if they are able to win the Big 10 tournament, I think that would get them out of that I mean they might rise up in terms of seeding enough to avoid a tough matchup. But if you're MSU, you don't want to play a one or a two seed in the second round. If you can avoid that in any way possible, I think they they have the talent that they could move past there. I'm going to stick with my prediction of that they'll be a second round team in the NCAA tournament. First weekend exit, but a second round exit. But we'll see how it goes. You know that the three of us have all been really bad at predictions so far on this <laughs> podcast. So we'll see how things go. But unless either of you guys have anything to add, we're right around a half hour on this episode, and we'll have 15-minute post-game recaps from Indianapolis this week. We head out tomorrow morning. We're recording this at 5.43 right now in the Impact 89 FM studios. Wisconsin is still down 20, so (laughs) I'm feeling okay about my prediction. Um, But that should do it for us. From the Impact 89 FM studios, for my co-host Aiden Champion and Bobby Zephyro, I'm Zach Sardenic. You've been listening to the Breslin Breakdown, your one-stop source for all things Michigan State women's basketball on Impact 89 FM.